Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I know that God's been moving around here and that you're already in revival. But I need need your permission to preach just a few minutes tonight like we're not there yet. And I'm only saying that so that we're not, I don't want for the first few minutes you sit there like, wow, he really missed it. I mean, that might be true, I don't know, but what I'm asking you for is a little time. And then I believe God's going to move. Joshua 3 and 8, the Bible says, And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Somebody said amen. Amen. Revelations chapter 1 and verse 6, the Bible said, And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Somebody said amen. I, it is my, I'm going to give you this title. And I'm sure the media guys, when they saw my title, they thought, oh, goodness, a three-part sermon on a Sunday night. Doesn't he know we got to work tomorrow? I don't intend to exhaust this. And I don't say what I'm about to say lightly. But when your pastor called me, I, 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 of course, said yes. I would have said yes even if I was in the same condition he was. I didn't feel I could say no. But I wasn't off the phone five minutes with him and I felt the Lord put something in my heart that really honestly, and I didn't know whether I'd come one Sunday night or two or what, and maybe after this one it'll just be one, but it will take me more than just tonight to share with you what I think God has spoken to me about this church. There is an undeniable anointing resting in this house. I want to assure you the next few weeks, the best I can, that this is not just a good move we're in. But God is changing DNAs. He's changing structures so that you will live as a church in a perpetual state of revival. I don't know about you, but I want it. I want it. Can we set our Bibles down one more time and give praise to the Lord for the things that he has done? You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. I want to preach. I never gave you that title. I want to preach the edge, the overflow, and the harvest. Revival rivers have always been present in most generations. And the church, this church, every church, has always had the choice of moving into the revival river Ignoring the revival river or just simply reacting to the revival river. When a church reacts to, only reacts to or momentarily gets excited about or even sadly possibly just misses this kind of revival. 
we see what we find in Judges 2. When the Bible says another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. What I'm saying simply is this, that it would be the devil's great pleasure for you to experience five or six baptisms in the month of July or August and have a great momentum and have a great move of God. As long as he knows, they're just excited, but give it a little while and everything will get back to normal. Give it a little while and they'll go back to just having church. Going through the motions. But I believe the devil is sadly mistaken tonight. I believe there's some people in this house that have got their mind made up that they want revival at all cost. So our choices are simple. We can step into the river. We can bypass the river. Let me just say this for, for so you feel better. I know our church is called the river, and I don't want you to think, well, he just pulled a Wednesday, Wednesday series on the river out. Now, I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to go home and preach it to the river. You can't be all the way silly. You can either step in the river, you can bypass the river, or you can ignore the river. And I know you're already in revival, but I told you I'm going to preach like you're not. So it is a choice tonight. I ask this church tonight, are you willing to step into it? Are you willing to bypass it? Are you willing to ignore it? And I can't answer for you, but I'm going to try. I want God to know we're going to jump in the river. We want what you have for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it so much. And I didn't write this because your pastor is my pastor. But my notes actually said, I wholeheartedly believe that this church will not bypass or ignore this river. I believe what's standing before you is the greatest outpouring of God that you have ever experienced. And I believe you want it. I believe you want it. I believe you want it. Oh, would you clap your hands and love him? If you want it, will you give him praise tonight? All right. Hallelujah. Now, I'll be honest with you. I like to preach. So, some guys preach like a 747. They long runway. And I kind of like the helicopter thing. Just get going. And, and I've really come to learn that at the river, they really like that too because it means I get done fast. But if you allow me a little bit tonight, I, I want to just, just build a little bit of a foundation and then we'll let God have it. I believe you want it. You've shouted that you wanted it. I can feel it already in the room. I mean, there is such an anointing that rests on the worship team of this church. That's why people are getting the Holy Ghost during worship service. Because there is an undeniable anointing on you. I didn't plan to say this, but I saw it at camp meeting. I saw it at camp meeting when your worship team was on the stage. I could see waves like rivers of anointing that was flowing from the keyboard to the worship team. I'm telling you, that's what kind of God, anointing God is placed on this house. It's not just another revival. It's not just another move of God. It's an anointing. It's a power. It's something like nothing that has ever been seen before. And I want it. I want it. I want it. Somebody shout glory. Woo. Brother Ben, you do it again. I promise I'll follow you. My little son Carter, we, had, we let our youth be involved in the service this morning. I, I apologize. My wife and Carter's not here. Carter's going to miss seeing your boy. But... 
they, they're trying to get, they've been, the last few times we've let the youth be involved, they're trying to get, Carter's rebellious. <laughs> I don't know if it's his mother or me, but they try to get our young boys to be junior ushers. He won't do it. He told one of the ladies that was organizing, he said, I'd rather run the aisles than be an usher. <laughs> so he was coming home today. I said, well, son, he was riding with me. He was, he was already mad at me because I wouldn't let him come up here tonight. I said, I thought you was going to run today. He said, I just worship today, but next week I'm going to run, Dad. I said, I'll tell you what, if you do, I'll run. He said, huh, that ain't never going to happen. <laughs> so I might keep my word tonight. What we're talking about, this anointing, this river, this power. You want it, you've declared it. I know it's, we are at the edge of it already. But one of the greatest tools the enemy uses to keep us on the edge and not in. He keeps us on the edge of what God has for us. A few baptisms. A few Holy Ghost. And I'm excited about them all. He wants you to get two or three, but not a harvest. One of the greatest tools he uses. If you don't hear anything I said it, for, from now to eternity, I want you to hear what's about to come out of my mouth. One of the greatest tools the enemy will use right now while you're already in revival to stop you from going headfirst into this revival river is the feeling that you are not worthy of it. And I'm telling you, I came with no other message tonight than to attack that lying spirit from hell that has messed up your identity and it's messed up who you are in God. And I came here to tell you, come on, none of us may be worthy, but God chose you anyway. God wants to use you. He wants to raise you up. He wants to use you in the kingdom of God. Oh, I wish you'd praise him with me. Come on, I wish you'd praise him. Hey! I'll tell you something. When I was in about eighth grade, we had a boy in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade, and I was, I was a little bitty fella. Little bitty fella. We had this big old boy. He, he was big, big, big in every way. I'll just say it that way without being crude. And they told me he wanted to beat me up. Man, I walked around shaking, worrying where he was at for about three days. I was scared to death because I didn't know if I could take that or not. But then I was, I was the second smallest guy in the eighth grade. But there was one guy smaller than me. Then they told me he wanted to beat me up and I went looking for him. <laughs> the first guy I didn't know if I could take or not. Now this was B.C. before Christ, okay? Uh, <laughs> And such were some of you. I went looking for that second guy because I knew I could take him. I'm not trying to be arrogant or rude or crude. But the feeling of inadequacy and insecurity. I may not have much anointing, but I got enough to take that out in this room tonight. God has sent me on purpose to tell this church, you're not just a little bunch of podunk people that God cannot use. He's about to raise you up like kings and priests. He wants to take you and partner with you. He wants to partner with you for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. I wish you'd just worship like a house of fire right now. If you've never felt inadequate or insecure for what God has for you, you just sit there and balance your checkbook in your head or something. But if you've ever felt one, one ounce of that in your body, I want you to lift your hands up right now. And I believe there is a flow of the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, I believe God wants to touch. Hey. truth is this the truth is this Medora sweet people of God our view of self 
is so contrary to God's view of us. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Our view of self is so contrary to God's view of us that we look for validation in all the wrong places. But the writer said that he's raised me up to be a king and a priest. You know what we say in the church? I just got through saying it while I was preaching. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And I understand that verbiage, but I don't believe it's true. Because when I think of using somebody, that would be, that would be like tonight when I get done preaching, Brother Jeremiah, raise your hand. Hate to break it to you in front of everybody, but I'm going to use you. Because I'm going to be tired. I'm going to drop my keys in your hand, and I'm going to use you all the way home. I don't believe God raised us up as kings and priests to use us. In other words, get something out of us and be done with us. He wants to partner with us. I know all glory goes to God. I know all honor goes to God. But I'm telling you, he wants to partner with Medora Pentecostal Church. There's an end time revival that has to be had. And he wants you a part of it. Would you just praise him a little while? I I just use myself as an example. Now, now some people, at one time I was preaching in back home. And I was talking about everybody's got sin in their life. And everybody, you know, I was just trying to be a good pastor. And I promise, I talked to somebody the next day. And with tears in their eyes, I embellished not this story. With tears in their eyes, they said to me, I understand what you're saying. But I've searched my heart and I just can't find where I do anything wrong. Now most of the time, I have a pretty good muzzle on my tongue most of the time. But they said, I can't find anything I do wrong. And I said, you may have just found it. (laughs) Unlike that individual I'm speaking of, all I need to do is look in the mirror every day to know that there's rough edges and there's idiosyncrasies and there's things that on my best day, I wonder what God thinks about me. I will not lie to you that I've wrestled even in my own soul with the gifts and callings God has placed in me of whether or not I deserve them, whether or not I possibly could be used in them. I'll never forget driving to preach a Michigan District Conference. I mean, it's one thing to preach to our folks back home. They're sweet people. But when you're going to go preach to preachers, that's a different deal. And I never forget calling Brother Gill and we're just talking. And he didn't give me a Bible study or anything. He simply said, just serve your gift. I'm going to tell you, that may just seem like simple words to you. But I said on that platform in Michigan, I wore the inside of my suit out wishing they would all shut up and give me that mic because I had something to say. Now you may say, well, that's arrogant. I'm telling you, when we realize how God wants to use us, we won't have to operate in fleshly arrogance, but we will know that we know that we know it's the calling of God. Oh, clap your hands and praise him with me. Come on, praise him with me. Give me just a a couple minutes here and we'll turn the crank again the best we can. Let's look at the graphic yet pitiful self-view Jacob had of himself. A man that was more blessed maybe than anybody in the Bible. Yet when he's asked about his life, he said, my days were long and terrible. This is not my message, but let me just say this to the apostolic church at large. The church of God cannot hold up the banner of victim and victory at the same time. 
We're going to have to choose which one it is. I'm going to preach that a little bit because I don't think you got it. We're going to have to make a decision that a whole lot of stuff may have happened to us, but we're not that stuff. We are who God said we are, and I am more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Come on. We're not a victim. We're victorious. We're not paupers. We're kings and priests. Hey, Somebody throw your hands up and receive something right now. I'll tell you, Jacob was a blessed man. David, he was blessed of God. Yet he chose to say, my days were long and terrible. And I know it doesn't happen here. I know you're in revival. I know all of your status updates on social media looks like you just hung the moon. But I am so sick and tired of of apostolic Pentecostals, Holy Ghost filled people. And their status updates look like the drudge report. Whatever happened to, he brought me out. Whatever happened to, I once was lost in sin. I feel a little bit like I'm picking a fight now, and I'll be honest with you, I like it. I refuse to let the devil make me think that I'm going to make it into heaven on the old raggedy edge of life. I'm telling you, I'm going out of here in a blaze of glory. I'm telling you, you are not God's wounded warriors. You are God's wealthy walking warriors. I wish somebody would jump up on your feet. I'm telling you, you're kings and priests with God. Come on, praise him. I'm not, this is not just me being silly. When it gets about time, just give me a sign, David. I'm serious. I don't know when y'all get out of church. My brain's going a thousand miles an hour. This inadequacy and this insecurity that is attacking the apostolic church. Let me just tell you something in the Holy Ghost. It has caused us to become so narcissistic. We cannot see what God has for us because all we can see is us. I'm sorry, was this something I said? I'm going to tell you something. When you don't see yourself as God sees you, you can't take enough selfies. You can't get enough likes on Facebook and social media. You'll never get enough affirmation to believe you are God's child. But I'll tell you what will happen if you'll get in this river and you'll realize just who you are and who God made you to be. I'm telling you, somebody ought to shout right now. Somebody ought to believe right now. I'm not trying to be controversial, but I'm going to step a little close to the line here. And let me just say this. Uh, to me, to me, an apostolic holiness woman is beautiful. In fact, back home, I got a brown-eyed one that I love, and she is beautiful. But let me just tell you something about this narcissistic world the enemy's trying to get you to compete in, young ladies. You are competing with the world you will never keep up to. But here's the news I need you to know. You were never intended to keep up with it. I'm telling you girls, you got power on you. You got glory on you. We don't have to act like the world. We don't have to look like the world. We know who we are. Oh, who we are. Come on, I wish... Come on, praise him just another few seconds.
Listen, that's as edgy as I get, okay? That may have been a lie. (laughs) When all you can see is you, you cannot see that God is for you. I'm not trying to be corny or cliche. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that God told me to tell you this. That when all we can see is us, we are going to fail to see that God is for us. And if we fail to see God is for us, we will be left to languish in life in mediocrity. I'm telling you, when I say this, I'm not speaking ill of the history. Without the history, we're not here tonight. Thank God for our foundation and our history. But God wants to take us somewhere we have never been before. Hey! Somebody just scream it with me. It's not about me! telling you I'm telling you I know you can't feel it but I can feel hell quaking at the sound of those words because hell wants you to make it all about you it's not about me hallelujah 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 come on praise him with me praise him with me Jacob so blessed but saw himself cursed. So let's talk about his children. He was in fact the fourth son of Jacob and Leah. Judah was in many ways the first of Israel's tribe. He was first in size. 74,500 in the first census. 76,500 in the second. He was first in line as Israel marched through the wilderness. Watch this. He was first into Canaan. To get his portion of the land. And he got the very largest of it. Judah the praiser. Somebody said amen. Amen. They were pitched by the tabernacle door. And thus consequently. They had first and best access. Into Jehovah's presence. And if you doubt all these facts about Judah. You can do a little Bible study. When you get home of Genesis 49. And you'll find that Jacob, the man who thought his life was terrible, he said this about his son Judah in Genesis 49. 48, excuse me. Judah, thou art whom thy brethren shall praise thy hand, shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the, pre- from the prey, my son. Thou art gone up, he stooped down. He couched as a lion, as an old lion who shall rouse him up. Jacob looked at Judah and he saw his power and he saw his prominence. He saw his favor and he saw his blessing and he spoke it over him. Somebody said amen. amen. But Judah wasn't his last son. And the sad narrative is this, that everything Judah was, Dan was not. Although Dan was second in size. 62,700 at the first census. 64,4 at the second when they left Egypt. Although Dan was second in size, he was the fifth son of Jacob. Although he was second in size and the fifth, he was last in the inheritance. He was last in line as Israel marched. He was last to receive his portion in the land that flowed with milk and honey. And even though he was second in size, he got the smallest piece of ground of any of them. His camp was nowhere near the court, nowhere near the door. He got whatever was left of the presence of Almighty God. I say it again, everything that Judah was, Dan was not. You still with me? They were side by side, fourth and fifth son. But yet they were worlds apart. And there was a reason why. In the same ballad about his boys, the same toxic father, That would declare Judah favor and power and prominence. Jacob, he had this to say about Dan. When you read in Genesis 49. Dan shall be a serpent by the way. An adder in the path. That biteth the horse heels. So that his rider shall fall backwards. The standard. The banner. The flag that would be over Dan's head. Wouldn't be the image of a lion. That'd be over Judah. It would be that of a serpent. 
Why? Why? Because I'm telling you something. The reason that Dan didn't raise the banner of a lion, he raised the banner of a serpent, was because that is precisely what Jacob called him. Jacob sentenced him as he saw him. And I'm telling you, this world will do the same to you. A serpent, a snake, an adder in the way. Cursed from Eden's garden, slithering, eating from the dust of man's heel. With one stroke of the pen, Jacob set a course of direction for that boy. He said, Dan, this is what you are. And Dan lived out his days within the prophetic utterance of his father. Smallest portion. Least blessings. So is it, any, is it any wonder that in Numbers 1 when Ahiezer saw what had become of this mighty tribe of Dan. He looked at him and he said, I'm going to change how they see themselves. Woo. Maybe the reason I'm here tonight. He wanted to change the image they had of themselves. Change the standard, the banner was above their head he changed the flags which ultimately was the image that flew over their heads he removed the snake and he put an eagle on it he said I'm going to put a warm blooded eagle instead of a cold hearted snake an eagle that could soar instead of a snake that's left to grovel on the ground an eagle that was living in the heights instead of a snake hiding below the rocks come on do you get where I'm going with this an eagle that would soar and not a serpent that was slithering. Ahiezer tried his best to change their identity. And I believe God is trying right here, right now, to forever change the identity of this church. Not our apostolic identity. I'm going to let that sink in. Because far too many of us in this room, we are how someone else viewed us. We are what somebody else did to us. We are what the world is saying about us. And I came tonight to jerk that banner down and raise up a banner of victory in this house and tell you you are not what somebody told you you are, but you are what Revelations 1 and 6 said. You are kings and priests with God. Oh, clap your hands and love him. Come on, praise him. So Ahiezer, and if I'm saying that wrong, we can correct it later, but he said, I'm going to change how they view themselves. So he came, he took the banner down, the banner of the snake, and he put an eagle on and he raised it above their head. Listen to me just for a moment. I'm not trying to bore you to sleep here. I, I promise I'll try to get back going. But watch this. He changed the banner over their head, but at last he could not change the image they had in their heart. It's not enough to shout in here. You got to go home knowing who you are. I said you got to go home knowing I'm a child of God. Woo. What good's a new flag, Brother David, if you got the same old thoughts? Come on. Dan chose to live low when they could have lived high. He chose to sliver when he could have soared. He chose to have a view of himself that would leave him absolutely desolate. The promises of God. Listen to me tonight, and then I'm going to preach and we'll close it. How he viewed himself ended up mattering more than any of us could have ever imagined. You only have to look at the seventh chapter of the Bible's last book when you find that Dan's name is conspicuously left off. The list of the names which would be sealed before the terror of the end. Dan's not there! Because he could not change how he saw himself. Dan was obliterated from the biblical record. 
The last reference to Dan anywhere in the Bible is Amos 8 and 14. When it simply says, They that say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth. Even they shall fall and never rise up again. Dan, you're low thinking. It not, it's not going to just cost you. It's going to cost another generation. Daddy, it's not about you. Mama, it's not about you. There's another generation coming. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Could not, Dan could not wrap his heart around the fact that God had a plan for him. I started that graphic dialogue in detail of Dan by telling that it was Jacob who named him and declared him a serpent. We better be careful who's naming us. Better be careful, young people, that Instagram's not where you're finding your identity. Again, I'm I'm not going to be too edgy. I'll I'll stay within a safe bounds here, but I'm going to tell you. I confirm this. When God gave me Revelations 1 and 6 to to preach here tonight. Did I have I preached Revelations 1 and 6 at home? I tried it out briefly at the staff meeting today. They didn't receive it too well. (laughs) When God gave it to me, I called Brother Bobby Wade. He's a friend of mine, speaks into my life. I said, Bobby, tell me. I said, God's dealing with me about insecurity and inadequacy. And he said, he just stopped me. He said, Brother Wilkes. He said, insecurity and inadequacy is the number one killer of apostolic revival. It's not enough to come to church in a season of revival like you're in and simply feel good while you're in the house and go home to the same mess in your head. We need to just pray right now. Just pray with me right now. Would you do that? Here's what I saw. Here's what I saw. And my mission to come here, I'm allowed to come back. I saw a river, again, I'm not preaching it because it's our church's name. I saw a river that represented the revival. And God spoke to me and He said, that's not just one river. But there's revival rivers for that church. But those that refuse to see themselves as God sees them are cursed to live on the edge and not in. On the edge of what could have been. And I'm not being ugly because I appreciate what God's been doing. We saw Him move tonight. But we're still on the edge of it. But I feel a holy nudge. He's trying to push me in. Because if I learn to settle on the edge, I'll teach my children to settle there. God used you today, Bubba. You preached a great message, but you hadn't seen nothing yet. We're not going to stay on the edge. We want in. We want in. I want in the revival river. Come on, worship with me. Worship with me. Come on, worship with me. I wish you could. I got a couple elders back home that teased me because I didn't have, I didn't get to watch cartoons much when I was a kid. I'll say it that way. And so they tell me I don't have an imagination. 
So things like Star Wars and all that, this is about how much I care about it. So I, I'm not good with imagination. But I wish you could just imagine with me for a moment that what we've been feeling the last few weeks, gosh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here, that we're standing on the edge of it. I wish you could imagine with me what God told me to tell you is, is tonight we're putting our first foot in. Miracles! Signs! Wonders! Come on. Do you got an imagination? If you don't, do you got faith? Why don't you see yourself stepping in the river? You shouldn't have came up here if you didn't want to get used. You're gonna, you guys believe in doing stuff by faith? I just want you to pretend. That there's a, we're just having a little fun here. But I want to show this as a sign to the enemy. That this church refuses to live in the context of inadequacy and insecurity. And tonight we're not just believing there's a river. But when you step into it, we're going to believe you're stepping into it for this whole church. I'm telling you, how many of you believe that God wants to use you in end time revival? Then I say, let's step in. Come on. I say, let's step in. Let's step in. Let's step in. Let me tell you. Stay. Just let me have your hand. Let me have your hand. We ain't going to hold hands. Nice try, buddy. When we step in that river, can I tell you what happens? We go from being stirred to change. We go from being touched to transformed. We go from we had a move of God to this is how we do it around here. I'm telling you, there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God is ready to pour out a river. I wish somebody would shout with me right now. I wish somebody would rejoice with me. There is a river. Come on, let's praise. normally do all this imagination but why don't you take a few high steps so the enemy knows I'm on my way is an old song or what where Satan your kingdom must come down Satan come on I feel it coming down in this room I feel insecurity coming down in this room I feel inadequacy coming down in this room I wish somebody would let out a war cry want to do I got one more thing to say to you I'm really trying to get to it but I'm afraid I'm afraid that the apostolic church is learning to live with a vacated shout I'm just telling you there's sometimes around home where's brother Jimmy he's our worship leader and they're up there and they're singing Mach 1 
And I'm on the front row. And I love it. But I'm thinking, if you don't slow that down and sing something sad so they can cry, their hearts aren't going to be ready for me to preach to them. And I'm glad you're laughing at me. But I grew up where we couldn't wait to the fast song. Y'all just keep letting me attack stuff. Y'all, it's like y'all having fun watching me. I'm telling you, I love to worship. Who's that girl that sung the, the, the part of the song about when he walks in the room tonight? My God, was she anointed? Huh? I'm telling you. Don't you misread me. There's nothing better than weeping in the presence of God. There's nothing better than bowing at his feet. But I'm telling you, because we've got the banner of victim up so high, we've lost our shout. We've lost our run. We've lost our dance. Hey, young people, I know we're not at camp anymore, but I will not live with a vacated shout. We're going to do that real quick. If you're under 40, you can shout a little bit. If you're able-bodied. If you're over 50, let's say over 50. 40 used to be old till I got there. <laughs> not really. You know what I learned? I'm not being disrespectful when I say this. I've learned that a dear, sweet granny sister in the church can do this. Amen. And it can tear hell up. So if you're able-bodied, I want you to rejoice right now. If all you can do is this, I want you to wave that hand. Come on. I feel something moving. I feel something changing. quite aware that there's a few of you did that because you thought that was my last point. But I'm just now getting to tell you what God spoke to me when I hung that phone up. That the first river that this church is about to step into. Now I, I know we won't harvest and we'll get there. But the first river is a river of renewal. And I've never been this bold in all my life. But there's folks in here, it's been 20 years since you talked in tongues. And it is the will of God for you to be renewed in the Holy Ghost tonight. that David said anoint me with fresh oil because he was aware that even the oil of anointing would break down it would lose its chemical compound and cease to be what it once was so he cried anoint me with fresh oil and God sent me to this holy house with this word Maybe not a well-said word, but a word to tell you he came here tonight to anoint this house with fresh oil.
I make no apology. I see a, a river of fresh anointing flowing in this house. I believe God is going to put a fresh fire within our souls. Listen to me. I hope I'm not being ugly when I say this. God can only bless you where you are. We want the blessing of the next level. But until we grow to the next level, we can only receive the blessing at this level. I'm not satisfied with the blessing of the edge. I want the river. There is a river. The streams thereof make glad the city of God. Let fresh fire fall right now. Let fresh fire fall right now. Let there be a fresh anointing. Let there be a renewal. Let there be an outpouring. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.